Hey everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. We're ready to start a brand new week. Today is Monday, the 4th of April. And today, instead of doing Mailbox Monday, I have a treat for you. My friend Steve Lambert's on the show. And we're going to talk to those of you whose homeschool needs a little CPR. And we think children prefer reading. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So thank you guys for tuning in today. I hope you had a great weekend. For those of you who were able to join me in Round Rock, Texas for Teach Them Diligently, I hope you guys left feeling lighter than when you came in. So many things happening in the country right now, and we need to encourage each other, uh, which is why I'm very excited to have my friend Steve Lambert on the show. Steve and I have been kicking around uh, for a long time now. I met him uh, many years ago at a homeschool conference in Washington State. He has a lovely story. I'm sure he'll love to tell about that. But his wife, Jane, is the author of a very popular homeschool curriculum called Five in a Row, and they have become uh, some of our dearest friends on the planet. Steve and Jane live in Lee Summit, Missouri, another one of our favorite places. Please welcome my friend Steve Lambert to the show. Hey, how you doing, Steve? Good, good, Heidi. Always good to be with you. I'm glad that you're here, and we're going to get to see you here pretty quick, too. You're going to be in my neck of the woods, which I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, Jane and I will be out there later this week, um, coming in Thursday, so we'll see you in just three more days. I'm excited. Hey, I, you and I were talking about this um, before the show. We were, you know, kind of, you know, what kind of encouragement. You have such a gift for encouraging homeschool moms. It's really how I met you guys out on the road. You are speaking, and Jane... Of course, uh, you guys are also exhibiting for five in a row, but you have a really unique ability, I think, to come alongside that homeschool mom who's just like, I, I'm done. I cannot do this for one more second. If one more person asks me for one more thing, if one more kid tells me she loses her math book or she doesn't like the way I do school or she wishes she was back in school, I'm just going to quit. And uh, you said something about, you know, uh, your homeschool's on CPR, and then you made an acronym for it, which I thought was so cute. Well, you're the queen of acronyms, Heidi. So you That know, is I, true. I couldn't be your guest without coming up with some sort of an acronym. <laughs> well, I love what you said because you you guys uh, have a real love, Jane especially, because of obviously she's the author of Five in a Row, but of, of reading for children. You, say, you said, you know, homeschool's on CPR. And was it children prefer reading? Is that what you came up with? That's what I came up with. That was genius. It really I was. Know, right? Yeah, that should be the, listen, everybody who's listening to this right now, quick, Steve's going to have to run out and buy the domain name because you need to write a book with that title. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a pretty good idea, actually. It is a but good idea. But it is idea. true. Children do prefer reading. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been doing this now. I started homeschooling 41 years ago. You weren't even born then, Heidi, because you're yeah, what, that, 30, 30 something. Yeah, I'm 30. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So yeah. <laughs> uh, 1981, we started probably at least two thirds of your audience wasn't born then either. Um, and we've been in this business since 1994. So this is our 28th year uh, with five in a row. And we've traveled with hundreds of locations speaking throughout the country over the last 28 years. And one of the common themes we hear, and we sometimes, you know, there's early early starters that, that we hear this from in September, October, but most moms we hear this from in about the beginning of April, that they're just done for the year. 
Yeah. They're, uh, some of them are done in October, but most of them make it till April and then they're just kind of burned out and yeah. every day has become a battle and the weather's turning nice and the kids want to be outside. And, and so, um, so how do you make it from here to the finish line? You know, I'm, I'm supposed to make it another couple of months or some of you, some of you school year round. And so one of the things that we've discovered over the years is that when all else fails, I don't know if you've ever had a day when all else has failed. I have. Yeah, I think most moms have. Yeah, we, we had a few of those days back, clear back in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. When all else fails, reading aloud with your kids will save the day. It'll save you from tearing out clumps of hair. It'll save them from crying and going to their room. And it'll save some of their academic uh, achievement scores at the end of the year. You know, I've often talked about becoming your child's favorite teacher. And when I say that phrase, your favorite teacher, almost all of us immediately can picture that one person that stood out in our experience uh, in a classroom. And more often than not, when we pursue that, I find that there were people who read aloud to their students, uh, particularly in elementary grades, that they would, would systematically every day pull out over the lunch hour or study hall or something and read a chapter or two of a, of a great children's book, and those became favorite teachers. Now, homeschool kids only have one teacher unless they're blessed enough to live where there's a resource center. So if you're not your kid's favorite teacher, then you might fall into that category that most of our teachers fell into, where you can sort of vaguely remember their face, but you don't even remember their name and certainly nothing that they taught you. And that's I think true. that's a tragedy yeah. because um, your kids have the very best teacher, all of you. The one person who loves them the most, cares about them the most, is invested in their lives the most and knows the most about who they are and how they learn. So they've been given by God the very best teacher they could possibly have. But why do those days so often end up in tears? And there are some subjects um, that sometimes you just have to wade through the tears. Spelling sometimes or reading mechanics with early learners uh, or sometimes math. Uh, I just put up a meme on Facebook the other day on my personal page Try to name a book that made you cry. And I said algebra was the one that made me cry. So I think several, several other homeschoolers can probably identify with that. But That made me cry. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, but reading aloud uh, has tremendous academic benefits. There are lots of studies now that demonstrate that reading aloud to ch children in utero actually produces better learners, better achievement, uh, better relationships with uh, academic subjects, with learning, with grade point average, and all those kinds of things. And I don't know exactly why, but in part it's because they associate the mother's voice with comfort and safety, and so hearing her read. And the, the written word is a different uh, syntax, a different sequence, a different uh, rhythm than the spoken language. So when you begin reading aloud to your child, even before they're born, and certainly after they're an infant, they become used to that, to the English language in its written form, and they associate it with comfort and pleasure and joy and the safety of mom. So we know that that's true. We also know now that um, reading books repetitively, there's several recent studies that suggest that reading books repetitively um, actually produces more language learning, more uh, benefit than reading a different book every day. 
And that just plays right into the hands of little ones who beg to have you read the same book over and over and over again, sometimes to the point of distraction where you can memorize it and just regurgitate the entire book of Goodnight Moon or Jesse Bear before bed. Um, so children prefer reading, CPR. You know, there are times when, and I've talked to so many homeschoolers over the years that have said, I don't, I don't know what to do. My child just, that's it. They're, the body language, their arms are crossed, they're looking at the ceiling, they're just, they're done. And I don't know how to break through. And I often say, you know, that Einstein was the one who said, his definition of insanity was doing the same thing the same way and expecting to get some sort of different results. So doing what you've been doing, if it's not working, it's probably not going to work. And just doing it louder and longer and angrier <laughs> louder? probably isn't going to work either. What do you either. mean? What do you mean, Steve? Angrier? <laughs> I know, right? Shocking. What? So so I often suggest that image of CPR. You know, when, when uh, I was in the emergency room a few months ago for a kidney stone, I don't recommend that. If you have the choice, don't go. Don't have a kidney stone. But I was there, and I watched the process in an ER, and uh, I think they call it triage. People come through that door every day, and half of them are looking for narcotics. <laughs> but among the other half, you have women in labor, you have people who've been in a car accident, a gunshot wound, heart attack, stroke, kidney stone, and they have to decide who gets the first of our attention. But the ones who always get the first attention are the ones that are flatlined no response at all in their heart. And so when we're having trouble with reading or we're having trouble with math, we can make some fine tuning and adjustments on those. But when you have a student who's flatlined, no response, no heartbeat, not interested in learning at all, that calls for radical measures. And at that point, they don't care if you've got cuts on your forehead, they don't care if you have a broken arm, they don't care what happened. And unless they can you know, get that heart started again, then none of the rest of it makes any difference. And so that's where I came to associate that term CPR years ago. And so when you have a child who's, who's just flatlined and just not responsive at all to your attempts to, to do anything, often reading, and, it, and, it, and I'm not talking about an hour of reading. Sometimes it takes months of reading to bring one of those children back to life where suddenly they're asking questions and they're interested in the world around them. When our youngest daughter was... Um, I'm going to say about eight, um, she just, she could mechanically read fine, but she just didn't like reading. And to me, that's a tragedy. And so I began reading aloud to her about 90 minutes every morning and about 90 minutes every night. And during the course of the next year, as best I could calculate, we read about 55,000 pages aloud that I read to her. And we read all the Little House on the Prairie books and all of the, uh, Grandma's Attic books, and on and on and on. We read probably, I don't know, 75 or 100 books over that 12 months. And by the end of that time, she was an avid reader, and she'd really loved learning. And she went on to have a 4.0 in college. Uh, you'll always find her with a book in her hands today, and she's a very successful homeschool mom and has written a couple of books. And But, I, but that was birthed out of falling in love with reading because reading really is the eighth wonder of the world. You know, Madame Curie figured out how to use radiology for good ends, but in the process, she died of radiation poisoning. And you don't have to die of radiation poisoning to figure out what she learned. All you got to do is read the book. Right. Which is kind of a miracle. So it's a great form of learning, but it's also a great form of bonding, and it's a great way to CPR a flatline student. 
But even if it's not a flatline student, if you're just having a flatline day or a flatline week, uh, we've had a couple of friends pass away recently, and homeschooling you know, goes off the rail when that happens. We're trying to make funeral arrangements. Dad has passed away. I mean, just the, the worst tragedy that could possibly happen in a homeschool family. So what do you do? Well, if you can find an hour or two a day to snuggle up with your kids and just read a wonderful book, um, that helps transition to this new season of life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's you know, healing. there's, yeah, it's healing. There's a healing and a bonding that happens in the soul of a child when you read aloud. And um, reading solves a thousand different difficulties. And mm-hmm. fortunately, uh, home education, tutorial education, having one teacher to one or two or three or, in your case, seven children, is still so incredibly efficient that even if you're not very good at it, your kids are going to do fine academically. And we've all proven that. I mean, you have brilliant kids. They've all done great in careers in college. Our daughters went on to do well in college and well in in, uh, life beyond college, and I've seen that with tens of thousands of homeschooled children over the last 35 years. But that process... um, is so inherently efficient, like I said, that you know you don't have to do eight hours a day of homeschool. You don't have to replicate school at home. And if you have to take a gap, a break, for a few days, a few weeks, sometimes a few months. I mean, like when your father-in-law has come to live with you because he's in hospice and your husband's lost his job and you've had to move and pack and you're living temporarily with your in-laws and it is whatever, there are times when you simply cannot do nine to five every day but that's all right i mean that's not taking god by surprise when he invited you to go on this homeschooling journey he he saw ahead all of the issues and all of the troubles and all of the trials and all of the challenges that would be ahead of you and he still concluded that you were the best person to do the job i knew that you were going to be an encourager today because i'm sitting here i'm writing notes like i always do when you're on the show Uh, i'm going to take a quick ad break but when we come back steve and i are going to pick this conversation up and i'm going to ask him a little bit more i want to kind of come back to something he said that i wrote down that's adjust for life and what do you do when life throws you a curveball we'll be right back with my friend steve lambert hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline so, Steve, uh, right before the break, you and I were talking briefly about the curveballs that come at us. And we've right. lived, really, we've lived through now two and a half years of nothing but one giant COVID curveball. Uh, right. I talk to moms every single day who are tired. Uh, they're worn out. And I love that you've, you know, given this analogy of CPR, children prefer reading, and what it means to just sit down with your kids and read. But I was thinking as you're saying this adjusting for life that oftentimes what these moms needed, certainly what I needed, uh, you know, years and years ago when Jay and I were going through a pretty rough, you know, a pretty hard rough patch. I remember calling you and Jane up and that was Jane's advice. You know, she's like, why don't you just read to your kids? But I felt like I just needed someone to tell me it was going to be okay. You know, if I, if I read to my kids and we don't do math, am I, am I going to screw them up? If I, if I get off of this 
the school train that we've been on for so long that we've been conditioned that that's what we need to do. Are my kids going to be all right? Well, you and I both know the answer to that is they're going to be great. But talk to the mom for a minute who just all school is all she she knows. And she feels like I can't I can't close the books. I can't get off the, the crazy horse. I don't know how to quiet my heart and have confidence in the process that you've just described. Well, it's it's difficult. It's a challenge because this is, you know, this is one of the most important things you'll ever do in your life. One of the, you know, this and your marriage are the, probably the two biggest ministries God will entrust to you in 99% of the cases. And like I said, he, he knows you and he knows your children. And his conclusion was that you guys were a perfect match. Hmm. And he knew all of the curveballs that were coming. I mean, uh, COVID did not catch the Lord by surprise. He knew that was coming from time immemorial. Um, inflation did not catch the Lord by surprise. He knew we were coming into a season of increasing prices and stretched family budgets and high gas prices and grocery shortages and all those kinds of things. And he still concluded that the best thing for you and the best thing for your kids was for you two to spend your days together. And that, once you settle that issue in your heart, and we, we all know that. I mean, I've heard you talk about it, that homeschooling is, a, is an invitation from mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. It's not just a good idea to pull your kids out of school and say, well, we're just going to learn at home. It's done. It's done frequently and sometimes successfully. But most of us knew a moment in time when we were like, you know what? I think the Lord's calling us to homeschool. And we turn to our spouse and we say, "Um, hypothetically, I'm just thinking out loud here. (laughs) Work with me. What would you think if? And sometimes it takes our spouse a little while to to sort that out. But that process, I I read a review, uh, an interview some years ago now with a with uh, they had they'd done a survey of classroom teachers, both public and private school, K through 12. And they asked them, how much time each day do you spend uh, with each student, answering any questions they may have, and clarifying anything that they may have misunderstood? And it's been a number of years now, and I don't honestly recall, but I'm going to say it was somewhere around 13, 14 seconds per day Mm. per student. Mm Now, it's more time than that in a kindergarten class of, say, 20. And it's a whole lot less time than that in high school when you, there are seven different classes and each one has 35 students. So you've got 230 students that you're responsible for. You might not spend 15 seconds a month with each right. individual child. So when you sit down at 9 in the morning and you give it a good three-hour earnest effort till noon, you accomplished more one-on-one time, more time looking in their eyes, seeing if they understand, answering their questions, uh, then you would have, I can't do the number in my head, but probably in six months or longer in a public school classroom. So it's that inherent efficiency that makes it work. So taking a break to deal with emotions, to deal with life's curveballs, to deal with heartbreak sometimes, with um, the hardest things that you may ever have to deal with, those are not things to shield your children from. Those are things to let them watch how you traverse that. And so mourning or grieving or uh, 
you know, those things are a part of life. Watching you and your husband sit down and pray together. What are we going to do? The budget, you know, I've still got 13 days till payday and we only got $16 left in the account. Those are the times that you don't have to protect your kids. You need to demonstrate to your kids this is how you deal with sadness. This is how you deal with anxious situations. This is how we deal with bad news on the television set. And academics, the academics are so, I don't want to say easy, but like I said, if you give it three or four hours a day, four days out of five, your kids are going to be at the very top academically in high school and college and beyond, graduate school. I mean, we've seen that thousands of times. But you have the chance to help them grow and mature emotionally as well as academically, and that's something that's not going to happen in a classroom. And so those moments are the times to do CPR, to just say, you know what, let's just get out Little Women and read it one more time, or mm. Mark Twain, or whatever. Mm. I noticed, too, as, uh, you know, we're running out of little kids at my house now. As you know, you're pretty well familiar with all some of the kids. You've got another round coming now, though. Yeah, I know. i got the grands are coming. I know. you got uh, three, four coming. I know. It's so much fun. And I'm watching uh, them already starting to develop that love for reading. And so in our little uh, library at our house, the whole bottom shelf of our bookshelves is dedicated to little kid books. So that it's always at high level. They can always go pick them up. And what I've noticed is that it does more to that 10 minutes that it takes me to read Green Eggs and Ham for the 15 millionth time with Juniper, you know, she has, it, it, we're developing relationship while we're doing that. And I love that because at the core of the success of homeschoolers that will come back and tell you the things that meant the most to them, I have yet to meet one. And I, I bet you would say the same thing, Steve, that said, boy, I just look back on all my homeschooling years and I'm just so glad that we did that extra, you know, that extra credit assignment in our Saxon math book. Boy, that's the, those are the memories, you know. It really ends up being... Uh, the little things that sometimes I think homeschool moms just forget how important it is. And you've seen the painting that's in our library, Steve, that uh, that uh, Don Richardson, who is the author of Peace Child, painted. And when Sierra graduated from our homeschool, it's been 10 years ago now, wow. uh, she gave that painting to me. And it's called Mealtime Beckons to Home. And she said that of all of the things that we did uh, – in educating her for all those years, reading was her favorite thing, that we sat down every day and we read out loud together. And I think it really just cannot be underestimated. And so I love your CPR thing. I, I really think I really think you should get the domain name as soon as we're done with this because somebody's going to do it. I'll check. <laughs> I think you said. Steve, tell everybody about five in a row. We've got about 30 seconds left. I want to be sure that they know where they can find you online. Sure, five in a row, you'll find it, fiveinarow.com, just all spelled out one word, F-I-V-E-I-N-A-R-O-W.com. It's a curriculum that my wife created 30 years ago, and it was the philosophy behind what we do, and it's involved, it's built around reading to your child every day. And uh, there's early childhood books for preschool starting at age two all the way up into the, to middle school. And by reading with those kids each day, we're going to teach them geography and science and creative writing and literature and health and astronomy and nutrition and everything else you can think of except for math mechanics and reading mechanics. You still need a math program. You still need a phonics program. But everything else you can think of, they learn, but they learn it in the context of snuggling up on the couch and reading great books together. And it's, um, it stays with them for a lifetime. 
Yeah, it really does. Jane's become something of a superhero to homeschool moms. Every time I'm with her, you know, the people will come up and say, oh, it's Jane Lambert, you know. It's wonderful. You guys have made quite an investment in the homeschool community and in my life personally. You know how much uh, I love you and Jane. Looking forward to seeing you. My friend, thank you for coming on the show and just giving some weary homeschool parents a little shot in the arm today. I know they're gonna I know they're gonna benefit from it greatly. I sure love you guys. I'll see you in a few days. Looking forward to it, Heidi. Thanks again. You're welcome. For more information on five in a row, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. Scroll down to the end and I will link back to all things five in a row in the show notes today. I hope you guys have a great day. Love your families well today. And I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.